going on, everybody? You are in the Hacker Valley studio with yes, your sir. hosts, Ron and Chris. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again with an honorary guest, Robert Lee, CEO of Dragos, and also SANS instructor. You've done a lot of stuff with the community. Very glad to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, this is awesome. Uh, so the first thing I wanted to bring up, obviously, is the most important thing for threat intelligence is attribution, correct? <laughs> <laughs> you were paying attention. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think a lot of people end up getting forced into spending a lot of time and resources on it. And when you actually try to talk to the consumer on why they want something like that, right. it's almost an emotional response more it than is. actually a company value. Yeah. Yeah, so that's one thing that I've kind of taken with me through my career as well, because that's always... Not always, but most of the time, that's the first question. Who's doing this, right? And it's, it's almost like, does it really matter? What, what matters is what's going on in the environment and then how they did it. And then fixing those holes and sort of continuing on for there. How do you explain that to an executive in a way that they say, okay, you're right? Yeah, so I, I try to avoid those debates at all costs. <laughs> so this is a good example is the Iran situation that came up recently or mm -hmm. is ongoing or ever going or right. since 2008. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just continuing. I, I am now to the point that people that I don't want to have long nuanced discussions with are calling me, asking me that question. So like right. very senior officials in the government and, and elsewhere, CEOs of companies where it's just not the right time or place to try to coach them into a better answer. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I do like uh, kind of actually explaining to folks, but maybe not in those critical moments. I mean, those critical moments, what they're really looking, you just got to just seek past what they're actually asking for what do you think their real requirement is and trying right. to give them the best information. Yep. So I had a senior DOE official call me as an example during this situation. It was like, what groups are you guys tracking that are Iran? Mm. You know, we need to prioritize these. And so instead of like, well, it's actually not Iran. And, you know, I just, uh, hey, here's the groups that meet your requirements for what you need to prioritize around the sector. These are the tactics and techniques that you might want to be able to advertise out to the sector to tell them to prioritize. Yep. I don't want to be disingenuous, but I largely like sidestep the question on that in those critical moments. If I ever get time with those folks, and sometimes I do, I'll sit them down and go, you know, there's a lot of bias on this. And actually what you're, what you're really looking for is just prioritize list. And right. you can remove the whole Iran thing from it because maybe Iran's working with uh, their allies and it might be three or four different countries that are actually important to you. And yep. in, in different times, it's good to have those conversations, but I think uh, this is where everybody hates Intel analysts is you know, you're, in the, you're in the White House and the president looks at you and like, is this yes or no? And you're like, well, actually, it's a moderate confidence <laughs> assessment. <laughs> like, that's not necessarily the time or place. Yeah, yeah so for uh, all the listeners uh, that we have, everyone should know who you are, but uh, for those that don't know who you are, can you kind of just give a, just a touch of your background and how sure. you made the transition from the government to uh, the commercial sector? Yeah, absolutely. So started my career on the Air Force side of the house, but really didn't spend much time there. I was, I was always in uniform, but I got tasked out to the National Security Agency pretty early on. Uh, and when I went over there, it was kind of a unique opportunity where they didn't really know what they wanted me to do. <laughs> like, here's Very a budget, nice. here's people. And, <laughs> I don't know, go do something important. Right. Um, and the tasking <laughs> I got was go find the unknown unknowns. I was like, mm. what does that mean? And they're like, we don't know. I'm like, it's mysterious. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> so I ended up focusing the mission on industrial control systems because my background had been um, building control systems and, and doing work in that community. So I thought, well, any new threats that we're not tracking, like surely they're hitting control systems and similar. Right. And why that was sort of foundational for me, even though I, I like ICS, it really wasn't about ICS. It was about understanding collection gaps. It was understanding requirements where people really didn't have any idea what you're doing or why. And, and I think the big one for me was understanding collection. And yep. I think that's a place that analysts start and then they go on and do their career and then they come back to collection. Everything kind of falls down in collection at the end. 
So that was fun. Did that for years. They ended up putting me on the offense, going after other people's infrastructure. I didn't really like that, so I quit. Mm. <laughs> uh, wow. And started a company. I was basically just going to teach at Sands. Didn't really expect to build a company. I largely hate vendors. <laughs> so, uh, it's coming in the roadmap. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. you know, like it's, and, uh, it's always on the roadmap. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I didn't. I, I just liked the community. So I'd always been teaching and training out in the community. One of my mentors, uh, Mike Asante, pulled me over here years ago. And then the Ukraine attack happened in 2015. Got called up to investigate that and, and, and lead up that investigation and saw White House to DOD to countries around the world, to companies around the world just fall on their face on it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, we need to do something. And so then I, I started the company. But other than that, I, I teach the ICS 515 class here at SANS. I wrote it on uh, monitoring and incident response in ICS and then wrote the uh, 578 class or the Intel class here. Yeah, it's awesome. Wow. So that's kind of a pretty cool start, especially dealing with ICS systems. When, when I'm looking at things like ICS and trying to get more familiar with them, I'm like, I don't know where this starts and stops. Yeah. W- what are your thoughts on ICS and where it begins and ends? Yeah. So everything ends up being ICS and you kind of flippantly say like, except for like banks and then you're like, oh, well, all the building automation control systems in the bank, you know, right. and, it's, and so I think control systems are everywhere and most people are just kind of waking up to that. But I do, I, I do look at it as those purpose-built systems that are impacting like physics. Like it's, it's every, when, I, when I see folks in the InfoSec community talk about ICS, it's almost like, oh, yeah, well, those are those things that are running Windows XP. And it's like, no, we've got like Windows 10, guys. Like it's not like <laughs> we're backwards. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, sure, there's some Windows XP out there, but I can point to NSA networks that have XP on it. You know, like, right. like, that's not the differentiation. Um, the differentiation is it's essentially everything in IT plus physics. And, like that's... That's the part that trips people up is like, what could you physically do? People all the time are like, well, you could take down the power grid. I'm like, there's not one power grid. And they're like, well, you can overpressurize that pipeline and kill people. I'm like, actually, there's like manual safety controls that aren't even on the network that have, you know, pressure rated piping and similar that's not going to play that route. So getting started is definitely rough. I wrote a blog specifically on like a list of resources for free of just like here's packet captures, videos, like things to get started. But it's it's still rough for folks. And right. it's like a really cool field that a lot of people want to get into, but it's it's hard, and, and, and it's just hard to get access to the equipment and similar. So what I usually recommend to folks is learn the language, and you do that like with the blog as an example of what is a PLC? Like, how does a wastewater treatment facility process work? Like, just learn the language, then go try to show up to a co-op, municipality, local infrastructure site of some sort and say, hey, look, I'm here from the internet, and I'm here to help, you know, kind of, <laughs> kind of thing, and uh, uh, try to get involved in, like, the local community, figure out areas that you can. Most of those folks, especially at the smaller infrastructure sites, are tasked for resources, and they would love to have people volunteer on the weekend or, hey, I can come to your annual pen test for you, and, you know, I'll get involved, and you teach me more about ICS, and I'll teach you more about networking. And, and, I, and I find that that's an effective route. The probably most effective route is to move into one of those infrastructure companies. Right. I think everyone wants to start at a vendor. Like, I want to go to, like, a big vendor that does ICS. It's like, eh, hold on. Like, right. go cut your teeth in the power company. Go cut your teeth in the manufacturing company. You're going to be able to learn way more in sort of in doing that. Are, what, are, what are your favorite aspects and maybe some least favorite aspects about working with these ICS systems? Yeah, so I like that they're a puzzle. I think a lot of folks are attracted to security off the fact that it's interesting and it's never the, the same problem twice and it's, it's a puzzle. And so I love the fact that when you're looking at every single different plant or environment you're going into, especially because you're, you're, you're concerned about the physics side of it, it's all different. Sure, it might be a Windows-based human-machine interface that you're looking at. It's a, maybe there's a Honeywell Experion system over there that you've seen a million times, but the specific implementation and integration into this environment with what it's doing is completely unique on the planet. And 
that offers a lot of opportunity to kind of explore and, and have good thought processes. You know, when you look at Intel and instant response, there's not some magic difference because it's ICS. There's different considerations. You got to, you know, be careful in those environments. Um, but it's also just the fact that every single challenge is sort of fleshing out some new analytical thought process or idea that you have and um, some way to approach the problem that you've never considered before. So that's probably one of my favorite aspects. That and the community is awesome. Yes. There's a lot of InfoSec <laughs> drama. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I have been exposed to plenty of it, and I, I really don't care for it. I generally think we're all on the same side. I just Hopefully. Yeah, yeah I, mean, <laughs> I think so. I see, like, these red teamers and seven blue teamers. Like, I'm blue team. I'm red team. Like, you're all blue team. <laughs> like, unless you're taking down, like, foreign infrastructure of some sort. Like, don't yeah. call me. Like, you're a blue team. This is awesome. You're doing great work. Or the OST debate that happened of, like, the great OST debate of, you know, 2019 of offensive security tools are bad and they hurt people, which is just, like, a thinly layered, like, vulnerability disclosure debate. It's like, I, I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah. I just don't want to deal with that. And in the ICS security community, we largely don't have that. There's some oh, personalities, but like, yeah. it's a generally small community. We're all wanting like our infrastructure and our local towns to like be taken care of. Like, it's right. it's real brass tacks on let's just try to do something good. Mm -hmm. um, probably the least, if I'm being super petty, <laughs> the uh, the thing that I <laughs> dislike the, the most is that it's extremely interesting, and so we're seeing folks come into the field, which is awesome, but there's this natural tendency to want to be an expert right when you walk in the door right, instead right. of just like coming to learn and so i'll be sitting on panels and i'll have like uh you know secretary Chertoff or on one group on one side of me or whatever which is great and, you know individual that knows a lot from his time at dhs and on my left side will be like uh an ics security expert and we'll be talking as if it's the same and i and again this sounds very very petty but like you look at the person's background and they were like a cmo at intel the last job and it's like what are you doing like you're not, you're not what, are you, what are you advising people on with infrastructure so it's become very flashy i think uh, um, and we we got to be careful of that right so we've all been in the like intelligence arena for a long time and i've seen a lot of changes but i've also seen things that haven't changed that much and need to change mm -hmm. what, what would you say has been the most growth in the threat intelligence space, and what is something that people just cannot get a handle on and we need to really push forward with? Yeah, so this, yeah, this is good. I think we've seen amazing growth from isolated cases into trying to tell a larger story. Mm. And so when you look at, even even from the intelligence community's growth of this, where I would say probably early, mid-2000s, it was still about intrusions. Mm -hmm. And maybe I've gotten intrusions set. Mm -hmm. um, and people were just looking at two or three cases pulled together. But then we started getting to probably the 2008 to 2010, 12 era, really start to have clusters of intrusions that we were really tracking across time and space and going, hey, this is a, an activity group and here's their TTPs and here's an understanding of this. Here's the victimology of it. It was, it was much more nuanced, I think. And I like that the community, and uh, we got to be careful of the pendulum swing, but I like the community has gone from give me your indicator feed to let's have larger discussions on tradecraft. Yep. And that is a really, really mature approach. I don't want us to swing too much where it's like, indicators are shit. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> not, you know, like that's, yeah. They actually have... You, you still need them. Yeah, if you think about detection types, TTPs are great because they're transposable and durable detections, yep. but indicators have the maximum amount of context. Right. That IP address used at that point in time was used in this campaign, or mm -hmm. that MD5 is that malware. So th when used correctly, they can have a maximum level of context to provide an analyst. The thing that probably we still need to get away from is realizing, and, I, and I, I'll try to be nice with this again, but there's a lot of talking heads and I can't, you know, 
being somebody in this community, I can't not be sort of self-aware on that as well. Hmm. But there's a lot of talking heads in the community of what right Intel looks like. Right. And, I, and I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. right. You have your intelligence requirements. You have your mission. Do what you feel is right against those intelligence requirements. Right. There's no right or wrong way to do Intel. Yep. I'll get up on stage and talk about attribution and say, here's what you shouldn't do and be careful. But you know what? In your situation, if you find for whatever reason you need to do something different, why wouldn't you? Right. Um, as an Intel analyst in your organization, it is your responsibility to meet your intelligence requirements. In yep. any way you, you feel um, is the right way, I think anybody external critiquing you on that is probably uh, in a bad position to do so. Yep, no, I, I completely agree. So whenever I talk about threat intelligence, whether it's on the podcast or up on stage like I did yesterday, I have this like little framework, it's like the easy button, but it's like the bare bones of like what you need to do for threat intelligence. And I think it's so impactful because a lot of people, they just need like a, a refresher. Like they just need to remember like, oh yeah, I need requirements. I need to build my program on requirements. Oh yeah, once I have new requirements, I need to reassess my collection plan. Mm -hmm. I need to strive for impact because I want to make changes in my, my company. And then I want to yield to feedback to get the program to the next level, right? I need to listen to the people that I'm like, supporting and, and hearing what they desire in order to make things better. And I feel like there is a bit of people saying, you need to do analysis this way and only use this model in this way. It's just like, yep, no, no, yeah. no, no. Anything you, that works for you. Yeah, you show them what they need. It's, it's like the Bruce Lee uh, philosophy. You take what you can use and you throw everything else away. Yep, absolutely. I um, there, There's some folks that want to chase Intel because it looks cool and all they're looking for is Intel consumption. Yep. They, can, they could be done and not have to do anything to do with analysis whatsoever. Just know their organization well enough to pick out uh, sort of from the uh, vendor space or whatever else on what they find useful. And that's moving the needle, and that's important. So I, I think, uh, yeah, the more inclusive Intel community will be a better one for sure. Yeah. I think especially when you're first getting started in Intel. I, I think I got started a little bit after YouTube, but so like my ambition was to track all the things. Like I thought I was supposed to be an analyst that was supposed yeah. to track China, Russia. You want to be local. the Oracle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would like, come see me. Yes. And I will tell you all the things of threat. <laughs> yeah. So when it comes to collecting requirements, have you all found yourselves going through that path of like necessarily trying to track everything and trying to write reports on all of the interesting, interesting things, even though they don't deal with your organization or industry? Yeah, for sure. I think everybody has the natural, ten there's like the natural tendency of everybody's extremes, yeah. you know, collection. I want to collect it all. Uh, right. Intel requirements. Want to have them all? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's like the Pokemon game for everybody. You know, it's like they, they just freak out and want to collect everything, <laughs> and and th that's normal. And I have the same challenge of mm -hmm. I'd love to know about every single threat touching every single industrial control system out there. Like, I want to see it all. I, I used to joke around, half joking, probably not actually joking, but for the for the record, joking. <laughs> on, uh, I was on the government side of the house. Like I still had authorities for defense networks, you know, so we're still still supposed to do security for the Department of Defense Networks, but I had access to all these wonderful things in the NSA. And I'm like, screw the, the network security. <laughs> like, I just want to know. And right. Like, and uh, I would have let the Army network burn to the ground just to watch how it happened. You know, just to be able to, like, and this is what the trade graph looked like. And that's, yeah. not, that's not healthy. Right. So, you know, I think, it's, I think it's a very natural tendency for, I think it's a very natural tendency for everybody. But what I would coach people on is, yeah, pick one or two things. Just go be good at those. And then start moving the needle because we all suck at prioritization. And that's, right. that's essentially the topic is learning how to prioritize. And hopefully your organization is supportive enough where you've got decision makers that can help you prioritize based on all the consumers that you have. And 
I and, and again, this is a, just a rule of thumb, kind of throw it out if it doesn't work, but I usually tell people like a mid to senior level analyst is only tracking two to three intelligence requirements. And if your organization wants to give you 20 intelligence requirements and two analysts on the team, you got to be able to have a realistic conversation about that. Right. Yep. So how do you stay on track? How do you prioritize what's most important for you to kind of learn more about? Yeah, I think it's all goes back to the, the, the kind of flippant answer of the requirements. But when I'm looking at like our customer environments, as an example, what we usually try to prioritize is based on the most impact. And that's not always the easiest thing to do from outside an organization and, and trying to understand their risk. But we prioritize on the ones that are kind of the closer threats. I think the one of the things I love most about Intel is its ground truth reality. You go to any security conference, it's, well, here's this new way that I found to use Bluetooth to, like, blow up a wind turbine. Like, is anybody doing it? They're like, no. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, like, just give me the ground truth of what we actually got to focus on. Uh, not to say we don't want to be forward-looking, but ground truth is good. And so on that way, it's a lot of, like, where's the actual impact, which, good example, we were tracking a threat that literally tried to kill people in Saudi. Oh. Uh, and they went after a petrochemical environment, compromised the safety system, trying to kill people would have cost 30 plus people's lives if they had been successful. Mm -hmm. Like, well, that's a critical cluster for us. I don't care if it's right. Russia, Iran, whatever. Yep. That group, the tradecraft they're exposing, where they're popping up, that's critical. That's priority number one. If we see anything related to that, we got to tell people. Uh, and because we focused there, instead of chasing frequency and chasing what was you know feeling good, we ended up finding that they were already targeting uh, more than a dozen energy companies in the United States. And like that was completely novel at the time. Mm. That this idea of a foreign power trying to kill people was actually operating on U.S. soil. And we, right. we sort of have this bias that that wouldn't happen. And and it's it's those kind of judgment calls on what are you trying to prioritize for, which I think goes to your point on the easy framework of, well, to me, I prioritize a lot of impact. Yep. Gotcha. That's fantastic. So for, do you have anything coming up? And then for people that want to stay in touch with you, your company, what can people do to, to stay in contact? Yeah, so... I'm like 85% travel. I'm sure you'll see me somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I have got Twitter. Um, people can usually just tag me on there. I usually say, like, don't email me, not because I don't love and care about everybody, but just because email is a horrible communication tool. And if people have right. questions for me, just hit me up on Twitter. I'm happy to answer them. From a Drago's perspective, we try to do a lot of community kind of growth things. Um, for us specifically, if we're going to be successful, like be around for a long time, try to put a dent in this problem. The community has got to grow with us. Um, and so you'll usually see my folks out at conferences and similar, and we do like an ICS roadshow. So for the folks that are trying to get involved in ICS, have no idea where to get started. We literally just like plop down in cities and there's usually eight to 12 of them a year where we have an industrial range we bring with us and just teach people. I mean, you don't have to be a client or a prospect or you can just be a random you know, person, college kid or something, anything. Just come learn about ICS and get excited about the world around you. So that's usually where you can find us. Excellent. Awesome. Fantastic. Rob from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for taking the time. This is awesome. Great conversation. Yes. And uh, we'll see everybody next time. Yeah. Thanks, y'all.